Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I want to say Happy New Year. Trust that uh, last week has been blessed as we lean back into uh, doing all that we need to get done. Uh, it was delightful to have some time off, and we're grateful that you found us today. And if this is your first time, we want to give a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And we would invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and just let us know who you are. And if there's a prayer request you might have or if there's some information we could send you, we'd certainly be delighted to do that. And we certainly hope it's not your last time. And if this is your spiritual home, we extend the uh, warmest of uh, New Year blessings to you, too, and are grateful that you found time. Last week, as we gathered here, uh, we, uh, in the building, enjoyed a brunch together. It was a del- we had some amazing casseroles and amazing fellowship and, and was blessed to receive our friends Harold and Margaret Myers. Just in the season we've been in, and they have really haven't been out and about much. Harold celebrated his 100th birthday uh, last year, and they've been such a key part of this uh, faith community for decades and just grateful that they decided to start their New Year's with us. And so, so blessed by that. As we lean into this new year, we're beginning a new series here this week. It was interesting over the last couple of weeks on our website, in our sermon archives, a message that I gave back in January of 2018 called Making It Happen, Creating a Fresh Start, got all sorts of traction. In fact, there was over 149 uh, downloads of that, which is extraordinary for our uh, message archives. And so knowing that there's a lot going on in the world and as we think about leaning into a new year and starting it well, I think that's one of the reasons why folks were looking at that as uh, they used a search engine to find us and then uh, were able to, to listen to that message. And so one of the books I've been uh, reading and actually listening to on audiobook is a book by Craig Groeschel called Winning the War in Your Mind. And so I'm going to use the basis of that book to lead us in a time together over the next couple of weeks. How do we focus our mind on all the things that are in front of us as God's people, as we think individually and as we think professionally, whatever vocation we may be pursuing, if we're a student or if we're an adult or even if we're in a season of retirement. But that's where we're going to go. We are beginning this new series called Winning the War in Your Mind, and it's based upon a book came out a year or so ago by uh, Craig Rochelle. Craig is the uh, lead pastor at Life Church. Uh, we're so grateful for our partnership with them. The, this platform today through uh, the live.lindenroad.church is made uh, available to us free of charge because of their uh, commitment to the, growing the church, not just uh, their church, but the Capital C Church across the world. And we're grateful that we can share in that uh, technology. And then they're also the ones behind Uversion. And as we try to leverage that each week in our, each of our lives and corporately. And so, again, would invite you to follow us on Uversion. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go forward. But when we think about the thoughts that are in our minds, right, and the battles that we all push through, I don't know about you, but I know in my own story, even the last couple weeks I've been pushing through just wondering in this next season, what does it look like for me professionally? What does it look like for our church? As uh, many churches, as I talk to my uh, colleagues that are pastors, are uh, struggling to find connection and engagement. And it's clear by just what's led to this particular series that there is a hunger, I think, in the world, uh, particularly with others that are uh, walking through a season of just trying to figure out what life is going to offer them. Even this past week was the uh, Passion Conference in Atlanta. 
where it was both in uh, Dallas earlier before the New Year's and then they gathered in State Farm Arena. It's always impressive to see how God works over the couple days. Melinda and I have had the pleasure of being door holders in the past. Uh, it was fun to watch online just the things that were going on there in the State Farm Arena and, and the messages that were being shared, uh, uh, great men and women of faith. Tim Tebow was wrapping up the conference on Thursday and just the encouragement that he was offering in uh, what does it look like to be passionate for God? But again, when we think about uh, just our own stories and the battles that we have to push through, I, I wonder if you're like me, where there seems to be always something that's going on in my mind, uh, where I'm wrestling through, whether it's a relationship or a circumstance or trying to think through the future, just the head game of having to tackle through. And I think there is this battle that we engage in uh, that's between faith and fear. Most of us want to trust God, and at the same time, we want to be in control because we just don't know what the future may hold. And then when we think about who we are and what we're called to be, I think that it can uh, create some paralysis. It can actually keep us from being all that we're supposed to be because we are fearful, uh, and it's because of the things that we think about. We think about our inadequacies. I know when I go to jail uh, to visit with the men that I see each week there, just the struggles that they have. Even uh, this week, it was interesting. I had a, a class full, uh, and it was a couple of the guys that I've, I've visited with before, but we had a couple of newer guys, and it was clear there was a lot of a disconnect and a lot of distrust of the system but ultimately, what it comes down to is even a larger uncertainty of who we are. And I shared a teaching from one of my go-to slides when I'm in the jail is from a book that Kara Powell wrote from Fuller Institute, where she talks about the three big questions that every teenager is asking. And actually, I would suggest it's the questions that all of us are asking is, you know, first of all, who am I? And then second of all, where do I belong? And then third of all, what is my purpose? And I think that when we think what life has given us, we realize the difficulties that come to us, that it's, it's sometimes it's the head game. And so I think there's a battlefield that's in our heads that we need to see what Scripture can offer us. I would suggest even as a big idea that most of our battles in life are won or lost in our mind. And I think that's where... The true battlefield lies. And so I want us to know as we lean into this series is that there is good news that we know about God's word and the power that, that comes to us through that. And it's not just about help, but it's really about in this new year how to transform our mind and how scripture encourages us to renew our minds with truth. And so when we think about that, we, we know that uh, God's word is very clear and we constantly push ourselves back to that and the joy I take each week and the conversations that we have through using the YouVersion Bible app. But what I want to think about one particular scripture passage that comes, especially at this time. Uh, we know uh, much of the New Testament was written by uh, the Apostle Paul, and I think all that he offers us as Christ followers, the book of Romans, for example, that gives us such great understanding of our theology and who we are as God's people. And so we know that Paul was very thoughtful. But let's take a look at a verse out of uh, 2 Corinthians. Paul says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. That divine power there, the, the Greek, is the word dunamis. And if you look at the word, I'm not sure if you can pull it out, the root word, but it's where we get the idea of dynamite, which basically tells us that there is a power available to us that uh, is from God through the Holy Spirit that's explosive. And it's the strongholds that we need to lean into and, and know that God's power through the Holy Spirit can break those down. Now, it's interesting, this idea that Paul talks about waging war, he does use military language in a lot of his writings, and he wants us to understand how, in this particular case, I would suggest uh, how things work militarily when we think of a stronghold. That a stronghold in the ancient times was usually built on the highest peak in a city, and in many cases, it was reinforced with a wall that was up to 20 feet thick. And one of the things I think we have to wrestle through is to be reminded that we don't just do life by ourselves with each other, that there is actually a spiritual power that's at work in our world, a spiritual enemy that we all have that brings a shaping, if you will, to our thinking. And it comes one thought at a time, and it ends up creating a prison of lies that keeps us bound from being what God would have us be. It, it, just the head trash is the word I tend to use. Uh, this idea that you can't trust God or, or you won't succeed. I mean, even in the garden, in Genesis chapter uh, 3, when Satan shows up, the evil one, what question does he pose? In fact, it's the first question, if you will, that's asked of humanity is, you know, did God really mean what he said? And really uh, calling into question God's uh, faithfulness and God's provision, and that's where everything got upside down. Even the idea in our own stories about uh, that you can't trust other people or that you're never going to be successful, that you're always going to be broke, that if you're married, your marriage is never going to be good, or even the idea that God doesn't hear our prayers and maybe even the idea that God doesn't care, or in some regards that maybe we'll never make a difference, that we'll never amount to anything. Well, it's really important here just to continue in Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, verse 5, he says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, I want us to understand that's what the basis of our conversation is going to be over the next couple of weeks, about how do we win the war that's in your mind. But let's take a moment here and let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word that comes to us uh, to help us in these moments, to help take the, the thoughts captive and focus on all that you would have us to understand. And so help us uh, focus our minds now and help us fight through the distractions on understanding what it is that you want for us and the power that you give us through uh, what Jesus has done on the cross, but comes to us through the Holy Spirit as our helper. And we just pray it in your name. Amen. So one of the things I've learned in uh, dealing with the human mind, and partly it has to do with the training I've received in trauma-informed care, and just thinking about the adolescent minds, but I think, too, as I, I've been reading Craig's book, is he, he posits this statement and says, our lives are always moving in, in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Let me say that again, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now, the thing that's true, and it's not just Craig's writing, but I know and what I've learned about how the human mind works, uh, the capacity that we have, 
uh, the science and, and the Bible agree on this, that the, the whole thing called cognitive behavior psychology, that it shows all sorts of things that are in our, our lives uh, come out of our, our minds. Um, the relational challenges we have, the, the eating disorders that many push through, the addictions that capture so many, or even some forms of anxiety, that they're a direct result of toxic thinking. And I think it really, it's important. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, we know the writer there, Solomon, says to us in uh, chapter 23, verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And when we think about that, and as we think about that, one of the takeaways for this week is this idea that the life we have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. Or maybe saying it this way, what we think determines who we become. And I think that's really important for us to process and unpack. If you think you can't, you're probably right. You probably even won't do it. If you think you can, more than likely, you probably will. And it's interesting that when we dwell on our problems, uh, they can overwhelm you. And if we look for solutions, uh, we can see some. And that's the point of even what community is all about. Uh, when we feel like a victim, we end up becoming one. And if we believe that we can overcome through Jesus what he's done for us, that, that is true also, that we can. So what's important here is this point, is that the life you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. And one of the things I want us to do today in a very practical way is do what is called a thought audit. And what I mean by that is thinking through these extremes, that on a timeline here you have the idea of being worried, and on the other end of that timeline you have the idea of being peaceful. Where do you find yourself in the moment on that? Are you closer to worried? or are you closer to peaceful? And then the second tension is between the idea of negative and positive on that timeline. When you think about your thoughts, the thoughts that you have on a daily basis, in fact, one of the things that Craig encourages in the book is that you spend a day just tracking your thoughts to see what kind of thoughts occupy your mind. By using your phone to keep an audio note or by using a, a, a pad of paper just to track out what kind of thoughts are there present in your mind day to day. And then finally, the third tension in this thought audit is the idea of being worldly and the idea of being eternal. Uh, the attention between, are we focused only on the things that are happening around us? Or do we have a view that has a, a sense of eternity to it? And as you think about that, uh, l let me just walk you back through again, this idea that, you know, are you worried about um, what people think or what's happening with your kids? Are you worried about your future, about income, about your job, or about your physical health? Or uh, in another way, are you standing secure in the promises that God is going to do what he's going to do, that you can do what you can, uh, that you have trust and that Jesus is there through the Holy Spirit to equip you and empower you, and that you have full peace? Or in the idea of the negative and the positive tension, your negative thoughts, you know, are you uh, critical of people? Do you find fault with others? Is there a certain sense of discontent that you've got? Are you uh, just a hard person and are you always busy? Or are you leaning into a more positive uh, perspective where you believe the best in people, uh, where you know life is good, that you have an optimistic view of the future? 
I know this week it was interesting talking with one of the new guys in jail. He was really having a hard time with just my offering uh, some kind of positive perspective. Uh, and, and I think it's just because of his current story right now, uh, it's just a complicated situation he finds himself in. And there was a lot of anger. And really, we know that the idea of anger is really what's behind anger is mostly fear and the uncertainty. And the idea, he wanted to suggest that the system was against him. And I challenged that. I know our system is imperfect of justice. I know we're all broken and the system doesn't work quite the way we want it to. But we also have to believe that there is a process and a view. And I was really trying to offer that. And it was interesting as we talked for over an hour that he moved to at least a point to accept that there might be some plausibility to the idea that he needed to own his piece of what was going on and that the system was there to help. In fact, I, I suggested very clearly that I was in the building and there in a conference room with him because of that very idea that the system does want to help. It's not just punitive, but it's also a sense of mercy that's there. And then when we think about uh, this third tension that's here on this thought audit this today is the tension between our mind that's consumed in this life, what's going on right here in the now, uh, all about our material possessions and, and that we desire to be liked by people, or the eternal differences on the other end where we've been given gifts to reach people with and that we've got a job and a calling to make a difference not just in our own world here in this moment, but actually in the kingdom in a very large sense. So again, one of the takeaways from Craig's book is, you know, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. I think that's really a powerful statement, that what comes into your mind comes out in your life. Now, think about this. No matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter who you know or what you buy, no matter where you live or where you travel, it, you can't have a positive impact in any of those things if you've got a negative mind and a mind that's got some toxic components to it. And so again, back to this first statement that I made, the big idea is that our life is always moving in a direction towards our strongest thoughts. I guess my question to you, when you think about the thought audit we just did, are you excited about the direction that the thoughts that you're having, where they're taking you? In so many different ways, I find myself that I have to change my thinking. That There have been moments over the years where I've had to ponder and move in a new direction. And so I think if we could embrace on a common goal for this new year, and particularly through this series, is that how do we renew our mind? How do we change the way we think? And I want to give you a couple thoughts here today on that. Just two ideas that I think are powerful from Scripture that can, can help us in this moment. The first is this, that we need to identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. And again, I think in our minds, when we think about that, I know in my own struggle, and I know when I talk to the men that I work with in jail, and even when I talk to young people, as I, I've worked with uh, dozens of uh, young, young adults, is to hear this phrase that I'm just not good enough, or that what my journey has been, my past is, is too bad, that I can't uh, trust other people. There's always this uh, battle that, that seems to be going on. There's a weight there that keeps and, and pulls us down. Or even the idea, uh, the idea of not being good with money. Even as we think about it in the season, how we've just come through. 
and even thinking about the idea that we can't get close to God. Or we think about the fact that we'll never have a job that we'll love. Or we'll think about even the idea that uh, all the relationships we lean into are going to break down. I mean, that may not be your story, but I know it's, it's the story of so many people that I know where it's just the brokenness of our culture. and So it's this idea, this idea of the negative thoughts. And what's interesting about that, and when we lean into the science of this, we, we know that there's chemicals that are released in our brain based upon how we think about things. We're only still knowing a little bit of it compared to how vast its capacity is. There are things that can happen in the chemistry of our brain that can change the way we see each day for the positive or for the negative. And it's important to understand that, that every thought that we have in our brains creates a, a neurochemical change in our body. This is a little bit above my pay grade in understanding this, but I just know as we unpack the, the beauty of the human brain, I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking uh, at a deeper level here. There are things that we've learned about the human brain that then when we have positive things happening to us, there is a surge of rewarding uh, chemicals that flow into our, what they call neurotransmitters, and it's called dopamine. It's a, it's a legal substance that ends up in our brains that it creates a very positive thing. Uh, it gives us a, 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 even a chemical buzz, if you will. It's interesting, this idea of neural pathways, that there's literally these uh, billions of pathways that are in our brain and that they are inroads into how we think and how we experience life. The more often you think a, a good thought, it's easier to think again. And there's a default mode that we can get into. And that's where this idea of strongholds that Paul talks about, we get into the wrong thought patterns that it, we can actually end up stuck in a rut. This idea of having a negative and critical thinking can actually create some very unhealthy, unhelpful, neuropathways, according to our, our friends in the science community. Uh, and so what we need to do is we need to uh, capture, if you will, and help to create a new uh, pathway in the brain. And it can be done through habit. I want to give you a couple ways of doing that. For example, just taking a pause in, in your daily routine to take and focus on scripture for a moment and pray, or maybe get a hug from somebody, just a physical touch. Or maybe it's the idea of just getting up and walking and, and do, or maybe doing a workout, going outside. It doesn't take long, but just engaging your brain in a whole different way. Or I want to suggest the idea of leaning into uh, reading the scriptures through version. power of what God's word can, can bring to us. And again, they've added a, a new element to version in its daily uh, message where not only is there this daily scripture verse that's offered, but then there's a, an encouragement that comes alongside that, too, that you can follow through with being able to pray through a few moments just there through Scripture. And what's really powerful about that, that they have actually encouraged a little bit of the dopamine hit there, because if you finish out that uh, three or four minute experience through the application on your phone, you get a little star that shows uh, how consistent you've been. And each day you get another star. And so... It's kind of cool to see that. And so what I want to suggest here is this idea is that we need to think in a different way, uh, that we need to forge a new path. Uh, and so the idea, the, the more you walk the path, truthfully, the more easier it becomes to travel it. Now, if you want to, uh, and the truth is, the more you can stay away from where you were, 
say, the old path, is that it weakens those connections that you have and that it's harder to think about those things again. What we need to do, and I want you to just think about this for a moment, uh, let's just take a few seconds here, you know, identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back right now, whatever it may be, at work or in your family or just in a personal practice. Thinking about that stronghold, is it because you think that you're not lovable or is it that you're never good enough? Or I think there's many people who believe that you don't deserve anything good. Or just the idea that you're always going to be broke. There is this tension between the haves and the haves not, and that you're always the not. Or even this idea that it's simply that you're helpless, or that the circumstance you find yourself in is hopeless, or that you sense yourself as being worthless or that even some aspect of your life is pointless. So again, I want you to think about and, and identify that stronghold. And then I want you to write it down. Put it on, on a card so that you can put it on your mirror or in a place where you'll see it on a daily basis. Because part of the process of dealing with, and I know this from uh, some of the work I've done with those that are uh, dealing with a recovery from addiction, is that you have to define it first. In fact, they will tell you, uh, the clinicians, that you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So we begin first by identifying the biggest stronghold. What is it that's holding us back? And then what we need to do uh, by the power of, of Christ in us through the Holy Spirit is we need to name the truth that will demolish that stronghold. Again, we go back to Paul here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 where he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, it's interesting, too, here to look at this because Paul, again, draws on some military metaphors here. The, the Greek word here, to take captive, is a war term. It's about you need to capture it with a spear or with a sword. It's aggressive. It, it means you've got to work at it. Now, in my mind, there, there's only one offensive weapon for us as followers of Jesus, and it's the sword. It's the, the Word of God. It's going to be that which gives us victory, and that's why reading God's Word on a regular basis is so important. Now, I want to be truthful. For many of us, if we're honest, we wrestle through the idea that we're just not enough, wherever we may be, as a, as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, uh, as a professional person, things that we lean into that we sense our inadequacies in a very real way, I want us to be reminded that we, there is some truth in that, that we are not enough. That if we're going to have victory in life and the things that we need to experience in a fresh new way, the writer of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Now think about that. That's kind of humbling because I'm not sure that we operate from that perspective. The truth is, through the Holy Spirit, the time, the patience, the energy, the wisdom, the people, the resources, they're all available to us. God knows what our needs are, and he has provided us a way through it. Now, this much we know from Scripture is that there is a truth that's available to us, and it's something that we have to embrace, that if we're going to break the strongholds after we've defined it, then in order for us to be set free, 
we need to understand that we aren't enough and that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us, to walk with us, to encourage us to be what God has called us to be. As we think about it, I mean, many of us struggle with the idea that I just can't get it all done. Well, the truth from Scripture is that we can do all things through Christ, that when we are weak, He is strong in us. I know many young people struggle with the fact that they don't think they're attractive and they don't like the way they look. But Scripture is very clear. Uh, God's Word is very clear that we are all, that we're all uniquely and wonderfully made. Or the idea that we're miserable. But the Scriptures tell us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Or if we feel alone, that the truth is we need to be reminded on a regular basis that your God is with you and that he will never leave you. And then simply this idea that we're a victim. We need to be reminded that we are an overcomer that we are not who the enemy says we are. This much we're sure that our life moves in a certain direction. And what comes into our mind will end up coming out into our lives. That we can't have a positive life if we've got a mind that's full of negative thoughts. And that what we need to do, as Paul encourages here, is to capture the lies, to take every thought captive, and to replace it with the truth of God. And for each of us, as we begin this new year, my prayer is that we don't stay locked in that prison, that we need to embrace as fully as we can that Jesus holds the keys and that he can set us free. And it's when we speak the name of Jesus that we can find wholeness and restoration in so many ways. And so let's pray. God, we are grateful for the truths that come to us in this moment. And as we lean into understanding how our brains work, through your Holy Spirit, would you encourage us to be all that we are to be? We thank you for loving us, and Jesus, we thank you for rescuing us, and we pray by your blood to break through the strongholds that we can sense all that we're to be. And we just thank you for the victory that comes through you, and we pray it through your strong name. Amen.